Are you ready to take your real estate investing business to the next level? Well, you're in the right place. This is the Real Estate Investing Morning Show. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. With your mentors, Wayne and Gabby. Good morning and welcome to the Real Estate Investing Morning Show. Today is Tuesday, January 31st, 2023. The weather today will be a high of minus 10 degrees in Edmonton, minus 17 degrees in Saskatoon, and minus 5 degrees in Toronto. Thank you, Abby. Good morning, everybody. Broadcasting live as we do every morning, Monday through Friday at 6 a.m. Mountain Time on the Podbean app. Come join us live. Get your questions answered. Bring questions. Get them answered. Free coaching. Real estate investing. Hashtags. Just straight to the point. Just getting straight to the point. Okay. No, no full sentences. No today. full sentences today. <laughs> just, just keywords that are going to have the most impact. Call now. Mindset. <laughs> Mindset. How's everybody doing today? Doing good? I haven't taken a sip of my coffee yet. Just hang on one sec. How about you guys join me? Oh, that's good. That's real good. That's really good. Got a great show for you today. <laughs> I like how you say that when you have absolutely no clue what's happening. To- you don't know that. <laughs> you don't know that. Or did you just look at my face and just <laughs> and just think to yourself, this guy has no idea what he's doing today? Pretty much. Uh, that's um, partially true. Partially true. But um, I've got so much faith in this show and our listeners um, that I'm going to make it through. And it's going to be a good show. Mm-hmm. Um, because you know what? We haven't been prepared before. <laughs> um, why start now? Why start now? And look at all the success we've had. Look at how much success everyone else has had from the unpreparedness and, uh, you know, uh, wisdom that, that we've that we've shared. Fair enough. Um, I do. I do have a couple things I want to talk about. There's always a couple things just in case um, kind of things to talk about. Um, some leftover questions from last week. Uh I got saved here. I, I I don't know. We probably answered most of these. Um, ooh, Gary's got a great question. Ken had a question about. Ah, uh, oh gosh. Um, Ken was asking about um, developers in the Edmonton region. Okay. Uh, there was a very large, very um, shared article yesterday, uh, on the on the thirtieth, about. Um, uh, let me read the headline for you. Rents may rise in Edmonton as vacancy rate hits 10-year low. Mm-hmm. Affordability crunched. Mm-hmm. Um, as you know, been keeping our fingers on the pulse. And we've been talking about this for quite a few months. Which direction is the Edmonton market? That's where we are. Um, we're, rest- we're, we're, we're rested and, and nestled in really neat um, and, and comfortably in and and Edmonton's butthole in Leduc there, as we mentioned yesterday. Um, that's where we are. That's where we invest. Um, but, uh, you know, we've been watching very closely to see which direction um, things go. You know, are, 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 are people going to eventually get fed up and say, well, it's about as good as it's going to get with interest rates. Might as well start buying a house. Not going to wait any longer, or is uh, rent rental demand going to increase, which will eventually force an increase in rents? Seems uh, seems the second one is 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 creeping up, but I'm also seeing um, quite a bit of interest um, and some 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 movement in the uh, the the housing market as well. So we'll. Uh, We'll touch on that as well today, depending on, you know, what you guys want to talk about. Uh, what I'd like to do first, so I'd like to say hello to some of our listeners. Okay. 
scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. Uh, how about I get started for you? John's here. Good morning, John. Eric, good morning. Dawn and Scotty and Denis and Matt. Good to see you guys this morning. Nathan, always a pleasure. Glenn. Glenn, I got I to gotta book a call with Glenn. That's on my list for today. Good morning, Jeff, Listina, Tyson, Scotty P. I don't know why I say that in my head like time and now out loud. He can't, he can't put his name as Scotty P and not expect people to be like, <laughs> Scotty P. Rooting it. Okay, cool. Good morning, Jared, Mr. Como. Good morning, Cody, Leo, Brooker. Good morning, Patrick, Paul, Tay-Tay. Good morning, Taylor, <laughs> Kathleen. Uh, Jeff says that was an ASMR level coffee sip. Yes. Um, feel free to subscribe to my. Um, what does that mean? Uh, God, you want me to, I don't. I, I know what it means, but. <laughs> Good morning, Sheila. Just, uh, yeah, just Good morning, Josh. <laughs> it is uh, autonomous sensory meridian response. Uh, ASMR stands for Autonomous Sensory Meridian Response, a term used to describe a tingling static-like or goosebump sensation in response to specific triggering audio or visual stimuli. These sensations are spread to, said to spread across the skull or down the back of the neck, for some down to the spine or limbs. Okay. Some people like to listen. Uh, good morning, Sean. <laughs> Sean says, so is Sherwood Park and Spruce the armpits? Yeah, 100%. <laughs> if you were... <laughs> and Calgary's the smelly feet. Ooh. I'm or is it kidding. Red Deer? I'm kidding. Red Deer is definitely the smelly feet. <laughs> I'm kidding. Good morning, Alan. Please come back. <laughs> Good morning, Philip. <laughs> We're going to Calgary this Saturday, and now, oh, oh, I can literally see everyone unregistering for this Saturday's event. <laughs> oh, dear God. Josh says, I do that too with Scotty P's name. Scotty P. Good morning, Garrett. <laughs> Good morning, Heshna. I think I'm at the end. Uh, Philip says, Red Deer is the six pack. <laughs> Ooh, there you go. Yeah, Philip just came yesterday. We don't yeah. want to offend Red Deer that quickly. Okay. Okay. We've got limited listeners in Red Deer. Okay. <laughs> I've checked the stats. Okay. Um, as I mentioned, upcoming events, we definitely, definitely are heading to Calgary this Saturday um, for our REI Masters networking event. Going to be talking about buying off market properties. Uh, over 50 people registered. We've got some amazing guest speakers, Barry McGuire, Matt Legere, Dean Manti, Jared Como. Um, it's going to be a great panel discussion about buying off-market properties and a great opportunity for you guys to get your questions answered as well. And extended networking. Um, so if you love networking, if you love connecting with new people, real estate investors, like-minded individuals, this is the place you want to be. To register for that, uh, you can register on Eventbrite. Um, just look up REI Masters on there or um, head to our REI Masters free Facebook group and uh, the link is pinned there. And then uh, the following weekend, is it the next weekend afterwards? It is, yeah. The following Saturday, we're going to be in Edmonton as well, um, holding the same event, buying off-market properties, slightly same, slightly different than the Calgary event, just... Um, different venue and uh and and different guest speakers we still have the same guest speakers of of barry mcguire and matt legere they're both going to be there um barry mcguire is a expert veteran real estate investment investor focused lawyer um in edmonton matt legere investor wholesaler <clears throat> killing it in the wholesaling game right now mm -hmm. um we've also got uh keaton kirkwood Investor focused mortgage broker and investor, and Calvin Hexter, investor focused realtor slash investor. Mm, so, so they're all investors. Yeah, they're all investors. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, so very excited for those two upcoming events um, this Saturday, the following Saturday. Looking forward to seeing everybody there. What are you doing? With oh, okay. All right. You just do what you're doing <laughs> over there. You're distracting me. Leave me alone. Uh, Glenn says, sucks I am in Edmonton for the Calgary event and in Calgary for the Edmonton <laughs> event. That does suck. 
Yeah. <laughs> uh, Glenn also said, is Burlington the liver? <laughs> oh my gosh. Are we still on Burlington? <laughs> I missed it earlier. <clears throat> Indeed. Okay. Why don't we take a quick little commercial break here and we'll get back to it. I got uh, some things I want to chat with you guys about. Some of you might have heard us talking about DCI Properties and how much we like their process and deal flow as one of the premier wholesaling companies in Canada. But one of the things most people don't know about DCI Properties is that they don't cherry pick deals for themselves. Everything they get under contract, they offer out to their buyers list. That's right. No sloppy seconds from DCI. No sloppy seconds. <laughs> so if you're an investor looking for their next flip project or cash flowing rental property, get on their buyers list today and check out their inventory. To get on the list for Alberta deals, visit www.dciproperties.ca slash Alberta buyers, or for Ontario deals, go to www.dciproperties.ca slash buyers. And we are back. Wayne, I wonder if No Sloppy Seconds from DCI has reached the like, cars cost less than what has going level. You know, like, is everybody listening and like, they're ready for it? And they're like, no sloppy seconds. Funny you should ask. Um, so I'm walking through the, I'm walking through the grocery store the other day. And literally guy from the produce section yells out, hey, it's the no sloppy seconds guy. No, that didn't, didn't happen. That didn't happen. And no, it's not that. No. But that's not something I want ever to happen. So. <laughs> You don't want to be known as the I'm no sloppy seconds it. guy? I'm dreading it. I, yeah, you definitely don't want to be the no sloppy seconds guy. <laughs> Might run a record a new commercial. <laughs> yeah, on it. Uh, I turned 36 yesterday. You did? <clears throat> yeah. How's it feel? You know what? A lot of people are like, oh, 30, oh, 40, oh, 35. You know, they, everyone's got a number that mm -hmm. they're dreading. 36 was mine. Very odd, I know. Tell us why. Um, Since I was in my early 20s, 22, 24, people have always been saying, oh, dude, I thought you were 36. Literally, people have been saying that I look 36 since I was in my early 20s. And when I asked them why, I'm like, I, I, I didn't start getting any gray hairs until recently. Um, you know, why, why do you think I'm 36? Dude, you're just so mature. <laughs> my maturity made me look 12, 15 years older. And um, which is fine, which is totally fine. Uh, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a bit of a compliment to be in your early twenties and people telling you, wow, man, you're making great life decisions. You're always just the most responsible person in the room. Um, not, not the funnest at the party. That's for sure. Um, but when and someone, you have always had a strong beard too. True. <laughs> um, yeah, it could, it could, it could lift a paint can. <laughs> um, <laughs> But when people tell you that, you know, you look 36, you know, for for your whole adult life, and then you finally reach 36, I'm like, what the fuck do I look like now? 36. Am I just going to continue looking 36 <laughs> into, into my 50s? <laughs> is, is it like a Benjamin Button type thing? Maybe. Time uh, will tell. Okay. Anyways, it's just, it's, um, it's, it's an uncomfortable feeling. Um, it was one I was dreading for a very long time. Uh, 40 don't bother me. 35 don't bother me. 30 didn't bother me. 36 was the one that was like, ugh, what the hell am I going to look like now? I feel older. Do you? Yeah. I absolutely love getting older. <clears throat> I feel grouchy. Yeah. Well, you are grouchy. So <laughs> that might be why you feel it. <laughs> You've been grouchy since you were like 27. It's been like a decade. Hmm. <laughs> How old were we when we bought our first house and you were like, get off my lawn. <laughs> you know it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Cody's got an interesting fun fact today. Apparently gray hair is from a B12 deficiency. Just read it in an article uh, the other day. 
Interesting. Um, yeah. And uh, Sean says, I feel like anyone 35 to 45 is a total toss-up when it comes to guessing age. Some people age. Um, no, they don't age. I mean, some people just, um, their bodies just, you know. Ever see, like, people with, like, a full head of gray hair at, like, 25? It happens all the time. Yeah. And then just like, dude, like, I thought you were. Um, so it happens all the time. Yeah. My mom went full head gray in her 30s, so I thought that I was doomed. Not full doomed. head gray was a great 90s band. <laughs> full head gray. <laughs> great 90s band. I'm 37 and One I only got wonder, a few. One hit wonder, but yeah. 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 <sighs> Where do we go for questions? Nothing. Got an article for you, though, okay. as I was reading earlier. Big headline. Rents may in, may rise. Rent. <clears throat> let me try this again. Rents may rise. <clears throat> or is it like rents may rise in Edmonton as vacancy rate hits 10 year low affordability crunched. Read it however you want. Um I'm going to read the little the little blurb there below the picture. Edmonton's rental vacancy rate hit a, hit a more than 10-year low last fall, meaning renters will be squeezed as they compete more for places to live and rents are expected to climb. So they haven't quite climbed, but they're expecting to climb. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> oh, that was misleading. I mean, I guess that's what the that's what the headline said. Rents, the second word, may rise. Yeah. It's not misleading at all. Mm. <laughs> It's all about the way you read it, I guess. Why was everyone sharing it? <laughs> Edmonton is building new rental properties at a faster rate than any year on record since at least the early 1990s. So somebody knows something. And they're trying to be proactive. But more people are looking for somewhere to rent before new rents are available. Before new units are available, sorry. Tightening the rental market. A new CMHC report shows. As of late fall, the vacancy rate dropped to 4.3% from 7.3%. With the average two-bedroom unit and a purpose-built rental home, <clears throat> excuse me, reading, with the average rent for a rental unit uh, climbing to 1304, a 1 1.6% increase. The average rent for a two-bedroom condo was 1426 We kind of read into most of this stuff uh, recently on another episode. Well, more than 3,000 new units opened last year. Wow, that's crazy. 3,000 new rental units in Edmonton last year? Yeah. Uh, another 5,100 homes were rented out uh, then in 2021, narrowing the gap between occupied and vacant units. Better labor conditions, uh, better labor market conditions, the most people moving to Alberta from other parts of Canada in a decade, and more international migrants and students arriving locally is driving up demand for homes for rent, according to the report. So we got a lot of good things going. Good market for jobs. Um, the most people moving to Alberta from other parts of Canada in over 10 years. And international migrants and students arriving. So um, if you're thinking about Edmonton. Do they even talk about um, how like interest rates going from the cost of like. They didn't. Okay. They so this is just strictly vacancy. Because um, I think that's just one small portion of it, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's what um, this uh, Taylor Party, CMHC senior specialist says. Um, expect, expect rents will rise faster as people compete for fewer units. Um, there's, it, it dives a little bit more deeper, and I'll continue to read until, until you guys fall asleep. Uh, <laughs> average rents start to grow a lot quicker because you have demanding exceeding supply. Okay, So this is all just expectations just based on the fact that the demand is there. And as demand uh, increases, um, people are, will are, are willing to bid more, mm -hmm. um, which increases rents, just basic stuff. Um, as a result, you have more and more people competing for less and less units. So the rent gets bid up essentially over time. Party expects, that's Taylor Party, uh, expects developers will, will invest more in building rental homes as rental prices increase, which once they open should cool off how quickly rent rises. 
So their developers are expected to keep building rental houses, um, which should cool it off. Obviously, decrease the demand and, and rents will um, decrease as well. Um, they're noticing that incentives to attract renters, such as one or two months of free rent or lower cable or internet costs, are also becoming less and less common. Those are good indicators. Yeah, for like a long time now. I hate hey. these articles. <laughs> hey, Gab, I'm, I'm... Is this person even an investor? <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. Uh, go ahead. Mm. I know you're just reading. It's fine. Just it's reading fine. An article, Gab, it's fine. Didn't say I agree with it. <laughs> What's everybody saying in the comments? Anyone lighten lighten stakes yet, or grabbing um, their pitchforks? <laughs> Garrett says rallying behind Gabby. Garrett says <laughs> might actually cash flow our burr. There you go. Well, that's what I've been saying. You know, if you chill out, guys, like at the interest rates, I mean, there there is a likelihood that interest rates continue to go up and rents do not match. And it's a possibility, you know, it is, it's a possibility of many possibilities. Um, but the most likely possible, the most likely outcome or more probable outcome is that, you know, the interest rates will slowly make their way down, but rents are going to go up in order to offset it. Mm -hmm. All, not every single landlord is going to put up with negative cash flow. Eventually, landlords are going to they're going to band together, and they're going to slowly start increasing rents, whether they be sophisticated landlords, investors, or unsophisticated. Yeah. Right? Um, I don't think people are just going to idly sit by while they're negative three hundred dollars a month. They're just going to raise their rents by a little bit and just test the market out, and then people are going to be willing to pay it because everybody's doing it. But what we're also seeing now, at the simultaneously, is that there is a demand in the rental market. And people are going looking for rentals and they're saying, hey, is this available? And they're not getting responded to. Yeah. Right. Whereas, you know, for, for years you know, recently, people have said, hey, is this available? And, and you've had to respond as a landlord to those dumb, you know, auto responses. But now when you've got 37 people, you know, responding to you as soon as your new rental uh, ad goes up, you're realizing that, hey, I don't have to play this game. And now the renters are going to have to work to get into a, a place. Now you've got a little bit more leverage. You're in a position of power. Not to say that we're evil, greedy landlords and and we beg, beg for my rental. No, I'm just saying that like it's, it's shifted. And um, it is an opportunity for investors to increase their rents and 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 stop the bleeding on the negative cash flow. I don't like that. I do not like that. It is making it more unaffordable for renters. I don't like that. I wish that we could all be wealthy and everyone could could benefit. And I wish that we could get wealthy um, and simultaneously not at the same time, not hurt people financially. Um, it's one of the downsides to capitalism. Someone wins, someone loses more often than not might not be right in front of us. You know what I mean? The sweatshop might not be across the street, but it's somewhere, somewhere, someone's, someone's struggling, someone's suffering. Um, I'm, I'm not, that's not, you know, I'm not ignoring that fact. I, I understand it. Um, but this is what's going on in the market currently. And if you're struggling with cash flow, um, you can expect to see the market rents going up. That's going to help you. And um, it will affect the, the most vulnerable people are going to be the people in the lower middle class. And that's what this article is getting to. Um, and I'll continue to keep reading and and um, and, and it'll, it'll explain a little bit more about us what I'm getting to. Um, units vacant will see landlords invest in them to make them nicer, to make them more attractive, uh, which comes with a rent increase in vacancies. Uh, and vacancies can turn on a dime. So basically, there's going to be 
next to no vacancies, which is as an investor, <laughs> pretty sweet because I've been talking a lot about that recently about that's your number one expense. The biggest expense you can, you can have as a, as a real estate investor is, is your, is your vacancies. Um, all it takes is increase in interest rates to make it harder to afford home ownership, which means more people are renting for longer, which is what Gabby was saying a second ago. That was from uh, Crystal Jenner, uh, affordable housing director for the city of Edmonton. Okay. Edmonton will have a significant shortage of affordable and adequate housing within a few years, and the private market will not be able to solve this problem, according to research by the city released last fall. Jenner said the drop in vacancy rates shows why it's important to have a supply of purpose-built rentals people can afford. Supply is certainly one problem, one part of the problem, but it's ensuring that we have the right type of supply as well, she said. While we're always encouraged to see new purpose-built rentals, because that helps renters overall, it's, a really important, it's really important from the city of Edmonton's perspective to increase the supply of housing that's affordable for people earning low and very low incomes. And so that's why the city has our affordable housing investment plan, because we're trying to catch up on a big gap in affordable housing. Edmonton's housing needs assessment. Ah, sorry, I read that wrong. Edmonton's housing needs assessment found there will be nearly 59,000 households in unaffordable or substandard homes by 2026, mostly renters, if the supply of homes they need does not increase. So there is a huge demand um, from the city of Edmonton's perspective for more adequate, affordable housing solutions purpose-built. So we're talking about um, affordable units. We're not talking about single-family homes right now. You can see where the difference in, and there's there's two separate topics going on right now. Yeah. One is that, yes, interest rates have gone up. People are renting longer um, and they're not buying. But at the same time, there is a ridiculous problem slash demand uh, for, for affordable housing. We're talking $700, $800 units, um, which, you know, a single family house is not going to provide that. No. Um, and as rents go up, you know, on your single family house, you know, going from $1,800 to $2,000 a month, that is not helping. It's certainly not helping the more um, vulnerable families yeah. who need $700 to $800. So, you know, is the demand for, you know, adding secondary suites going to go up? Even that, I mean... Yeah, I mean, what's the what's the rent on a basement suite right now? It's 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 creeping over a thousand bucks, eleven hundred bucks a month. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So it's not going to help that either. So, um, it's it, it, I'm, I'm interested to see what what kind of solutions they have for that. Um, what kind of because they they talked about a plan here, didn't they? Yeah. The what, that's um, where the city has our affordable housing investment plan. Have mm -hmm. you looked into that? Yeah. So it. It seems to maybe be dated though on their website because it says that it's a 2019 to 2022 uh, plan that aims to create 2,500 new or renovatable, re renovated affordable housing units across Edmonton. Is um, there incentives? Yeah, so the program provides limited grant funding to be eligible nonprofit and private sector entities to encourage affordable housing development in our city. So it used to be, I'm pretty sure that this is uh, what the Cornerstone grant shifted into. Mm. So when they stopped the Cornerstone grant, um, encouraging homeowners to put secondary suites in their, in their homes, um, it shifted into, I believe, I, I could be wrong, but this sounds exactly like what I was I was told at the time, into um, into a grant giving um, nonprofit and private sectors uh, to encourage them to build yeah. affordable housing developments. Uh, I don't see. Okay, so they still have the Secondary Suites Grant Funding Program. The City of Edmonton Secondary Suites Grant Funding Program provides matching funding to property owners, property owners to construct or upgrade new or existing secondary suites. In exchange for the grant funding, homeowners enter into an agreement to rent the suite out at a below market rate for five years. So they still have it here in 2019. I'm assuming that like it's more, it's not as, they don't have as much money allocated to that specifically. I think you just have to apply. Um, yeah, I'm not seeing, okay, okay, hang on a second, here we go, planned program allocations, to industry, 
to illustrate how 500 units of new affordable housing can be achieved through the Affordable Housing Investment Plan for 2019 to 2022, by the way. So it might be done. Yeah, that's what I said. Yeah. Oh, sorry, I missed that. Administration has developed the following allocation model of resources among priority investment areas. So um, in total, between 2019 and 2022, they allocated $7,200,000 for secondary suites. Uh, they allocated $31 million for surplus school sites, uh, $40 million for grants, and uh, $29,600,000 for permanent supportive housing, uh, and for city-owned housing inventory. So the city owns 952 social housing units as well, both building and land. Um, they invested uh, $14,400,000. So, and then existing commitments they've already had before as well. So a total of uh, $132 million. Um, and it, and it, it shows here what the targets were as well. Oh, that's interesting. So th they have they have targets here as well for a certain amount of rent uh, units, rental types. Um, so they were targeting like 90 new units in Edmonton per year for secondary suites. So 90 times four years, they were expecting to get about 360 new units. Um, surplus school sites, 475. Um, so that surplus school site, um, if you recall, uh, so we, we have a, a fix and flip we just finished in Twiddle Place. Um, do you notice that row hit um, yes. townhouse development that they did there on the corner of yes. uh, just north of Melbourne Mall? Yeah. Um, on 97th Street? Yes. No, that's not 97. That's 75? Yeah. 66. It's, it's, one of them. <laughs> it's just uh, um, whatever it is. Um, between 91 Street and 75 Street. You know what I'm talking about there? Yeah. Just south of the White Mud? Yeah. Um, that right there was a surplus school site. Okay, so they took a, a, an extra field space and turned it into development of affordable housing. Yeah, the city owns a bunch of um, sites that they were owning specifically for building schools in the future, and they had a bunch of surpluses um, of that land, so they were selling it off um, or they were giving it. I, I can't remember the details of it, but basically they wanted to build more affordable housing units there. So that like those townhouses there... Um, uh, were specifically for low-income families. They could apply for that to to, to buy there, mm. uh, and they would get um, incentives. Um, if I recall, like the financing was was unique as well um, to help people in home ownership. So there was a bunch of those um, that were built over the last five years um, across. There was a couple in the northeast I saw as well. Um, interesting stuff, though. Um, but again, what's what's this? You're right. This is dated. This is up to 2022. Yeah. I'm curious to see what they have planned for this year. I mean, uh, it was only 31 days ago. True, but you know, this article came out yesterday, and they were yeah, talking about talking it. About so, it, yeah. um, if they were talking about meetings that they had late this fall, so as these um, these programs were finishing, they were having meetings to see, okay, what are we doing now? Um, have we solved this problem? Is there still an existing problem? I'll admit, I was a little ignorant to not see these earlier. I guess I've just been a little busy. Not sure why I never... Um, well, once the Cornerstone grant um, went away back in like 2018, 2019, and they, they shifted to this, I remember glancing at it very quickly. I'm like, none of this really supports me. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, meaning like I, I can't utilize any of these programs. So Yeah. Uh, Daryl says that's how we got our first place. Tax was deferred on the land for the first five years. It's a great program. That's awesome. Nice. Yeah. Anything in the comments? Um, the COE is discussing grants for higher density affordable housing units. Mm. All in all... Definitely some opportunities for Edmonton. Um, what else do you say? Well, I guess I've like where I feel that that article kind of like missed the mark is that 
uh, well, actually, sorry, I'm going to back it up because Dawn made a comment that I was actually thinking about as well. I'm just going to scroll up and see what she said here. She said, I like that the media is reporting as the populace will know that the rents are increasing. I raise my rent a bit. And I think that when tenants see the article, they will know what's going up everywhere. I think like I, I agree, but I also don't necessarily think that um, the mass population will see the article. I feel like um, I feel like when investment focused articles like it's targeted, right? So we see it as investors with rental properties. We see that the rents are going to increase and then we share it and our, you know, other investor friends all see it and share it. But I sometimes feel like this doesn't trickle down to tenants. Is that a is that a uh, fair? Well, do you, well, it depends on who's on your friends list. You got to keep in mind that like we've audited our circle so many times that like uh, for me personally, I don't have if I see anyone fucking complaining, I remove them. Oh, I, I just I did that I yesterday. I don't, it's I don't conspiracy any, theory. People. I don't. <laughs> I don't let anyone who complains in my circle whatsoever, and that includes social media. Um, so I say that because. I don't necessarily have people that are complaining, but I'm fairly certain that if I had an older friends list, a dated friends list uh, with different types of people, I'm sure that that thing got shared like crazy. You know what I'm going to do, Gabby? Um, let's, let's play. We're, we're digressing, but no, let's play okay. a fun game. Let's, let's, let's look this up on Facebook and let's go to the comment section. <laughs> you guys keep talking. I'm going to do this. Well, that that's true. Let's see at the who's complaining in the comments. <laughs> um, but I, I do agree, Don, and I think that. Um, but I also think that it's interesting that um, you know writing these articles basically gives. It's almost like it, it's the influence of the media. So it's almost like the landlords also see this and are like, "Ooh, I'm going to increase my rent." And so it's automatically going to give a push to landlords to start increasing their rent because they see that, oh, vacancies are, are at a 10-year all-time low. So this is my chance. I'm going to increase them. So this article can single-handedly um, influence the masses of landlords in Edmonton to start increasing their rents, which then, as we know, hurts um, the, the population that can no longer afford their rent, right? So I just think that there's it's interesting that these articles are are even being written, <laughs> considering that we're addressing that there's a problem in the market and that it's going to price people out of being able to afford rent. Yeah. Um, so that was kind of like my takeaway number one that I just find that really interesting. Um, but also, like, I just really feel like they missed the mark that it's just all about um, vacancies at an all time low, because I think the main thing pushing landlords to increase their rent right now is that they're facing negative cash flow because of the rising interest rates. Anybody who's on an adjustable rate, we are on one of our properties and we've watched um, it's still cash flowing, but <laughs> it used to be cash flowing really well. And now it's just barely squeaking by. And so those people are being hurt. Wayne, can you? Um... Just one second. Yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. Um, so any, anybody with adjustable rates on their rental properties are probably just squeaking by as we are. Um, but then also anybody who's, you know, come up on the end of their fixed term, which is a lot like we have a couple coming up this next year, well, this year now, I guess we're in 2023. Um, you're going to be facing some, again, dwindling cash flow. And to me, I think that's the bigger influencer of landlords right now looking to increase their rents. So Oddly this, enough, like, Gabby, like I'm, I'm just looking at the, I went to Edmonton Journal's yeah, uh, Facebook post, page yeah. directly. And yeah. I thought that thing would have like 4,000 comments, only one. And oh. some guy said, uh, uh, good. It should cover higher mortgages and insurance. Yeah. I was I was shocked to see that. Yeah, there is a few other comments on. Uh, but go ahead, sir. Yeah, no, that's fine. Um, anyways, I just uh, so it's, I guess, I just think that they missed the mark. Yeah, it's like yeah, sure there are low vacancy rates, but that's not necessarily what's pushing people right now. Yeah. I think what's pushing people is that landlords are entering survival mode to keep their properties afloat so yeah. that they don't go under, right? Uh yeah, I'm 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 quite shocked. I thought the comment section would be significantly worse. 
Um, but there is limited comments. Uh, this this should have been one that, that blew it up. But um, first comment is creep up. My rent was under $1,300 and now they want to raise it to over $1,700. Another person says, yeah, but Edmonton has Notley. Bike lanes and cracked pillars on the two years late LRT line. Keep up the stupidity and Edmonton will be nothing but a couple of government buildings and a few skinny houses. That's what I expect from the comment section. <laughs> That's what I expect the people who actually read it. I find that investors are just like, oh, wow, this will benefit me from a social media presence and help me attract more investors. I better share this. But then the people who actually comment are the ones that are like the ones that are complaining. I yeah. never, ever, ever click on the comments because yeah. I, I don't, again, I don't let that sucked into the negativity. I don't get yeah. sucked into the negativity. I'm just, I, I'm so conscious of, of who I let in and what I read and what I consume. Um, but uh, again, I'm shocked that there's not more comments. This was posted on Edmonton Sun nine hours ago and Edmonton Journal 12 hours ago. Okay, so it's Late still, last night, yeah. Yeah, people were sleeping. Um, you know, what's funny though, is that like that one comment about rent going from 13 to 17 is that like that is probably what somebody's <laughs> mortgage has increased by. Oh, 100%. You know what I mean? It's like, yes, it's shocking to the person renting the place going like, whoa, you know, but at the same time, like watching what our mortgage on that adjustable went from and what it's at now, like it's Gabby, we are greedy pigs. You gotta remember. <laughs> I believe it's been like a 500 ish dollar increase since the increases started. That's what you get for living in the the danger zone with adjustable variable rate. <laughs> Sorry, Kev. we're yeah. greedy pigs. We deserve it. And it, you know, and I'm not afraid to say that it is a risk that we that we have yeah. need to understand when you're in, an investor. Um, for the most part, I've said for a very long time that you need to try to lose in real estate investing. If you do everything correctly, you know what I mean. If you're not crazy and greedy. It's, it's very hard to fail in real estate investing. And uh, we've been tested this past yeah. 12 months. We have truly been tested. Um, and the government is trying to, um, you know, slow down and, and uh, cease what some people have been, you know, some people have been taking advantage of, of the market in, in some areas of the country. And they're doing whatever they can legally to prevent people from doing it. Doesn't matter how many times they said, hey guys, stop, 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 stop. People don't stop. We're too greedy. We're greedy pigs. A lot of us. So they put measures in place in order to press from doing it now, legally. Right? And it is what it is. I mean, it's gonna last for as long as it lasts until until event eventually they start seeing some results. They start, you know, doing some polls. They start you know, running the data and they find that okay, things are cooling off. Okay, we'll let you guys get back to it but don't do it again right we're always trying to make another buck so i get it i look at it from both from both from both lenses you know um i don't i don't i don't find us to be greedy though you know what i mean like i if, if you look very cl closely and carefully at gabby and my um business models they're always in a win-win perspective they're all we're always focusing on win-wins even with our fix and flip business, it's not like, you know, we're, we're taking houses and like gold plating them and then selling them, you know, like, it's not like we're, we're, we're taking a house and buying it for low and selling it for high and not doing anything to it. Like we're, we're completely like redoing the whole house and we're putting it into a new price bracket. You know what I mean? A brand new price point. And I, someone's going to do it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. We could we can half ass it. It's not like we're half assing the renovations and like putting lipstick on a pig and trying to sell it for significantly more. We're not we're not. You know what I mean? We're just taking something that needs to be renovated that needs to be redone and we're doing it and we're selling it and we're making a small profit. Um, same thing with rental properties. Like, are we are we investing in? Are we buying in? Um, you know, hot markets where it's like we're buying it and just waiting for the house to appreciate and then leveraging, refinancing and, you know, adding something onto it and increasing the value and leveraging all that money out and buying more and buying more and buying more. No, we're just 
buying rental properties and renting them out and pretty simple stuff. We're not, we're not greedy. And I think that if there's, there's lots of ways to make money in real estate and not be a greedy pig, (laughs) you know what I mean? And just, you know, there's opportunities there um, to help people simultaneously. That's, that's, that's always been my thing is that how, how can I make money and help people at the same time? Because at the end of the day, like at some point, I'm going to be on my deathbed and I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to answer for a lot of this shit. (laughs) Right. And we all are. And I want to feel good about it when I, when I'm, Mm -hmm. when I'm about to pass. Right. You got to think the legacy that you're leaving behind. Also, you know, the legacy that you're leaving behind or that you're, that you're building as, as you're alive as well. Like, what are your, what are your kids thinking about you? You know what I mean? I always remember that one scene in Matilda. (laughs) It's just about to say. It's, I knew you, I knew, I knew you were going there. There's one scene in Matilda, and um, at, now I'm gonna I'm gonna butcher it, but Gabby might remember it better. It does, isn't she like, Dad? Can't you sell good cars? Yeah, because <laughs> um, Danny DeVito's teaching the little girl how how he rips people off by like turning the odometer back, and uh, and how he's like he buys a car for a hundred bucks and sells it for eleven hundred bucks because he you know put a little bit of paint. <laughs> on a rusted area and uh and the little girl goes can't you sell good cars daddy right yeah it's 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 silly it's silly but like just you know it's something that i'm conscious of you know i don't want my daughter to think that i'm some scumbag who you know who who owns you know the big slumlord who owns a bunch of shitty you know multifamily units that it that we never clean up you know what I mean? And we try to get the most out of it. We do the bare minimum just to increase the rents enough so we can increase the values to pull all of our money out and buy more shitty fucking buildings and then offer low, you know, low, you know what I mean? That's that's a lot of this low income like investment stuff. Like I can't stand. Um, but I just mentioned plus like the quality of the tenant. It's just, it's, ugh, it's, it's, not how I want to be spending my life. Yeah. <laughs> Are you still looking up the quote? <laughs> Are you pulling up more articles? Um, yeah. Um, I'd love to see more people getting into the rent-to-own realm. I've been waiting patiently. I throw a little, I throw a little, I leave little seeds. I'm like Johnny Appleseed over here. Just leaving little seeds every now and then, just seeing who's gonna, what's gonna sprout up, what opportunities, and who's gonna see it. But I'd love to see more people hopping into the rent to own realm and actually doing it fucking right. Yeah, um, I just don't have the time. We do, like, we have a rent to own business, and we have a we have a unique uh, financing business um, for people who struggle with with getting home financing, um, which is which takes up, I'd say, probably sixty to seventy percent of my time. But I don't see enough people focusing on helping people. I see more people just focusing on how can I get, you know what I mean? Like you can, you can become successful and wealthy and help people at the same time. I'd like to see more of that. I'd like to see more um, when I'm talking to people and they're talking about their why and their, you know, what, what fulfills them and what they want to create. I want them to talk more about giving back and contributing as well. Right. And not just giving me the bullshit. Oh, I just want to, I want to create safe and affordable housing for people. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard that one before too. Right. Like, tell me how, tell me why. It's going to say why. Yeah. You know, I'd love to see a lot more of that this year in 2023. Yeah. A lot more people with an actual plan and an initiative, you know, to actually do something good. Well, um, what's interesting with rent to own is that I think that, maybe right now more than ever with all the international migration and that mm-hmm. sort of thing that rent to own can be massively beneficial to immigrants who when they arrive here have zero credit they might have had really great careers where they were and now they need to like get recertified and like all that kind of stuff before they can start uh, practicing again and it's a huge opportunity um in Canada right now, there's I feel. a demand. Yeah, definitely a demand. I think one of the big reasons why people have um, have stayed away from it is because of the inconsistencies of the market values of the houses, yeah, for sure, of the properties. Um, 
in most cases, um, you know, when you take a rent own course, uh, if you're looking for one, just shoot me a DM and I'll tell you. Um, one of the first things they say in the rent own courses is that it is best used in a rising market. Yes. And honestly, it's been so hard, especially in our end of the country, our side of the country, it's been so hard to predict whether we're in a rising market or whether we're about to tank tomorrow. It's, it's, you know what I mean? It's true, yeah. <laughs> it's like we can't see any indications whatsoever. And a lot of people have done really well um, for rent own in uh, some of the rising markets like BC and Ontario. And and I haven't heard much about the East Coast, but there, there's an opportunity there as well where you can kind of see that you're in a rising market. You know what I mean? Yeah. Most people don't know they're in it until it's till it's over. But when you can see it, there's a great opportunity. Um, and we can't. So it's, it's, it's a bit of a risky thing. We're like, well, I don't want to set the price and then, you know, and then get burned. Um, there have been lots of people that have done really well in rent to own in Alberta for the last 15 years where we've been in a flat market and they've made profit. And a lot of people are like, oh, I don't want to do rent to own unless it's in a rising market because I can make all my money in the appreciation. Yeah. That's just greedy. Right? What if you what if the house, what if you sold the house for what it was what you bought it for and there was no appreciation? What would you get? You would get cash flow and you would get mortgage pay down. Mm -hmm. You're still getting two out of the three, right? Yeah. You get mortgage pay down and you get cash flow. Just mortgage pay down and cash flow on a on a, a standard on a on a standard price house with 20% down with market rents is about a 17.7% return on your investment yearly. The yearly return on your investment for buying a house at market value and renting it out for market value rents with 20% down is about 17.7%. Do the math. I've done it a million fucking times. That's why I know it down to the decimal point. What's wrong with that? You got to keep in mind, you know, some people are like, well, if that's the case and I don't have any appreciation, what's the point of doing a rent-to-own? I'll give you one. I'll give you a couple. One, you're helping people into home ownership. That's fucking dope. Two, no repairs and maintenance. Three, no vacancy. So you're actually increasing profits significantly. Think about that. When you're trying to put rentals next to rent-to-own, and there's no appreciation, you're in a flat market. What are the differences? The big difference, the biggest one, the three biggest are that you're helping people into home ownership, which is a great fucking thing to do. You have no vacancy, which is one of your largest expenses that nobody talks about. And there's no repairs and maintenance because the tenant buyer is responsible for all repairs and maintenance. So you're actually more profitable than a rental. The money that you are potentially losing, if in the event the property goes up in value, which is what people are scared of, like, well, if it goes up in value, uh, then I don't get anything. No, you just saved, you know, one month of vacancy every year for the next three years. You also saved not having to do any repairs and maintenance. You also saved the fact that you don't have to pay a realtor at the end of your rent own term to sell it. So you're also saving like seventeen, eighteen, twenty thousand dollars right there. So think about that. The money that, you, let's say you do a three-year rent-to-own. You're saving $20,000 in realtor fees. You're saving $2,000 a month in, uh, $2,000 a year just because of one month of vacancy you don't have to pay. So you're up to $26,000 plus all repairs and maintenance for three years, let's say $4,000. Right there, you are saving $30,000 by doing a rent-to-own instead of doing a rental. So if the value of the property went up $30,000 in the three years, I think you missed out on that. Is it not six and a half dozen? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Sorry for the math. I know it's sometimes a little bit hard. It's a little bit easier to see it on a whiteboard. This is why I always like, oh God, I wish I had a whiteboard. But it's, just, it's the truth. It's math. So if, if everything is equal with both of those now, if everything is equal, what's the big main difference between rent to own and rentals. One of them, you're helping people. That's the big difference. So why not do rent to own? 
Why not do it right? That's what I'm saying. Like, I wish more people would do it, but do it fucking right. Do it in a way that actually helps people into home ownership, helps them, and not takes advantage of their unique situation. Do not create a rent to fail. It's a rent to own, right? So do whatever you can in order to help them into home ownership. Because it's very hard to save up for a down payment. Fun fact, Gabby and I never saved up for our first down payment. We both had really good wages, really good wages, and we still couldn't save a down payment. And people were telling me I was as mature as a 36-year-old. <laughs> Legit. I'm supposed to be this big, mature fucking, you know, saver. But I still had trouble saving. Make more, spend more. Make more, spend more is exactly right. Right? How many of you guys saved up your first down payment? I'm, I'm willing to bet it's less than 5%. The people, mm-hmm. the listeners here. No, I'm willing to. Bet. I was going to say, out of out of any poll that you can take, I would say that the listeners here are far more responsible than. You're too optimistic, a poll Gabby. Somewhere else. I'm 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 being yeah. real right we now. We were gifted down payment funds. Most people are gifted. Most people. In our twenties. Right. So imagine not being as as ambitious and 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 determined and dedicated to your success like the people here and just you know being a normal working class folk trying to save $20,000 for a 5% down payment on a $400,000 house seriously do you have any idea how long that takes yeah. if if rents continue to keep going up and becoming unaffordable how in the fuck is someone supposed to save $1,000 a month have it sit in a savings account and not touch it. Uh, I know, I know, I know the temptations of going away for a weekend at the cabin or a weekend, you know, or a two weeks away, of, you know, Cabo. I know, I know the fucking temptations when you're working your your ass off and it just it seems like you know you're not getting anywhere and you're watching that thousand dollars a month creep up to three thousand, up to nine thousand. It's been nine months of you not spending a fucking penny, not going out to the lake you know, not going out for fancy dinners and you're at $9,000 and you're not even halfway there yet. So you're like, oh, why don't we just spend $3,000? We'll go to a cabin. We'll get a really nice cabin. We'll get some steaks, hun. We'll go out for dinner. Now you're down to $6,000. you are like, oh, fuck. And you completely regret it afterwards, right? And now you just open the door. You open the door to like doing it again. So another six months goes by. You get all the way up to $12,000. You're like, okay, we're past half now. We're almost there. And then you start noticing that the housing market goes up and your $400,000 house is now worth four hundred and forty. dollars so you need a bigger down payment. It's like do you, saving $1,000 a month is fucking hard. You got to do it for years, mm-hmm. years. All the while, you got a shitty fucking landlord who keeps increasing the rent too. Yeah. Right? Just saying, like if they had an opportunity to get into home ownership, and take that six thousand or that twelve thousand dollars and put it down in a house right now, right? And now they're going to understand that they're going to pay a premium for that on the price. But at least they get into their home now, and they can, you know what I mean? It, that money's not accessible anymore. It, 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 the the one interesting thing about rent to owns or lease options is a lot of people look at it, they're like, yeah, but it's just a glorified savings program. I'm like, yeah, well, just listen to the fucking story I just told you. It's fucking hard to be that diligent and that dedicated. So yeah, if I were in that situation, I'd love for someone to hold that fucking money for me because I'm going to fucking spend it or something's going to happen and my car is going to break down and I'm gonna be like, okay, we got we need to, I guess I'm just going to pull that money out of the savings account because that's the most logical thing to do. But if I didn't have it, then I would find some other way to make it. I'd work harder, right? Yeah. So yeah, I think lease options are really great just for that alone, the, the, the glorified savings program. Mm-hmm. And I think that like it forces you to stay dedicated to it, right? And you get to move into your home now and make it your own and not have to live, you know, penny, pinching pennies for three years to eventually get to the point of this dream. Why not have it now? You're, you, if you can feel it, you can touch it, you can see it, you're more inclined to stay dedicated to it. But just trying to stay dedicated to a three-year fucking goal for a thousand days? I couldn't do it. I didn't do it. 
I t- I'm telling you right now, I did not do it. And I was mature as mature as a 36 year old. <laughs> right. So yeah. I, hopefully that inspires a few people today to maybe look at that, that strategy. I think it's a great opportunity to do some good. Anyways, we're done. But <laughs> I think it, that wraps up the show. Yeah. Do you want to take a quick look at uh, the top fans for this month? I Get do, those names yeah. down. See if they changed. Get those names down. We're going to be doing the draw for the top fan. I got them. Of the month tomorrow, Wednesday's morning show. Yep. We're going to take the top five fans. Um, first place gets five ballots. Second place gets four ballots. Third place gets three ballots. Fourth place gets two ballots. Fifth place gets one ballot. They're pulling a name out of there. And the winner is going to get two free coaching calls, one-on-one coaching calls with either myself or Gabby. Please choose Gabby. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'd love to talk with you. Looking forward to it. And looking forward to seeing you guys tomorrow. All right. Have a good Ciao. Thanks for listening to the Real Estate Investing Morning Show. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Interested in being a guest on the show? Send us an email to info at reimorningshow.com. 